Mm -hmm. So you have all your speakers lined up then? Um, yeah, so right now we're going through our final round of just interviews and just getting to know these people. And then we're going to be announcing it on the week of the 23rd who will be our speakers officially. Right. That's exciting. Oh, yeah, for That's sure. That's very exciting. So how big is the group of people that uh, are putting on this event? Yeah, so all of it is just students, mostly. We're going to have some outside people helping out with um, curating as well. Mm -hmm. But mostly it's just a team of six decades students making yeah. this happen. That's so cool. Whose idea was this? It um, was actually brought about by me and my partner. Um, unfortunately, he wasn't here today. His name is Vlachasan. And what really inspired us to do this is because um, before we wanted to bring up the TED event, we were very involved with a campus group in our campus called Enactus. And the goal for that is to create and inspire people to create entrepreneurial projects that impact people. So while we're bringing this, uh, this ideas of sustainability and change to our campus, we realized that a lot of people, including students, didn't really see how they can be able to create their own impact and they didn't really understand certain concepts like social innovation, how they can be able to mm -hmm. make a difference. So we decided that the best way for us to inform the school is to bring people in that have done these things before so they can be able to inspire them to say, hey, you guys can create the same change too. So that's how we came up with the idea for a TED event. So really cool. just like being a TED is a, a well-known name mm -hmm. and people from all walks can be able to see and understand it. So mm -hmm. that's why we really wanted to bring this to our campus. Now, how many people are you going to be able to be there to watch this? So for this event, it's actually regulated that it's going to be um, is there's only a limited amount of people we can bring in. So we're hoping to have around 150 people uh -huh. to attend. Nice. So because of the limited amount of people we have, it's going to actually be very selective. We have a team of people who will be curating the audience, but we encourage everyone to register. Mm -hmm. And it's a really simple registration process. And after that registration, um, they will be, if for students, it will be free to come and attend once they're selected. But for community members, it will be $20 once selected. So, so cool. Nice. So how do people uh, register? Right, so to register, you can visit us on our website at TEDxWLUBranford, and then from there, the registration process will be right on the page. And also, if you want to find another way to get on the website, you can just follow us on our Facebook page, TEDxWLUBranford as well, and then there'll be some links on the page as well that you can go straight okay. to the website. Is this project, the TEDx project that you're organizing, is it part of your program, or are you just doing it on the side? Yeah, this is actually something that we're going out of a way to accomplish. Awesome. It's not under any faculties, just students that are passionate about bringing this idea of really inspiration cool. to the campus. That's really cool. What are you taking in school? Yeah, so I'm on my last leg of university, my yeah. fourth year, and I'm studying health administration. Okay. Do you know what you want to do afterwards? Um, Go to administer, administer health? Yeah, <laughs> yeah somewhere along <laughs> those lines, wherever that takes me. Yeah. So. Cool. <laughs> yeah, That's for awesome. sure. So, uh, actually... Uh, just recently, you attended your first um, MNG social. Oh, right. Uh, so, yeah. this is your very first one. So, we're just like, we're actually like hours off of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you experienced when you were there as your first one and being just being a part of the environment? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I've never really heard about the Millennium Network before. Um, thankfully, that I was able to meet you and you were able to tell me some bits about it. But I never really was sure what I was going to come to expect. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when you think of a network meeting, it's going to be people just coming together and just talking. Um, I was glad to say that um, the, lineal, the, the first meeting I went to was far more than that. Um, when you first walk into the building, you actually see some really nice buildings, like state-of-the-art, all the <laughs> places. It looks really nice, yeah. too. Exactly, yeah. And it's, it's, just, it's not only just talking, but they make it comfortable. Everybody that's there is open and welcome. They want to get to know you. They also want to see how we can be able to collaborate. Um, I found that 
um, there's also opportunities to make the whole process of talking to people so simple with mm -hmm. the whole ways of networking with bingo. Mm -hmm. Just kind of innovative because like, <laughs> you know, how do you, you just go up to people and just ask them like, hey, do you have this, are you this area on our card? And you can just start a conversation like that. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of really interesting conversations and really interesting opportunities that I feel like have gotten from just my first event too. Yeah. So honestly, I would encourage anyone to go and attend the event because especially for millennials, it's a perfect place to be to develop your network and also just be able to expand yourself and get yourself out there. Awesome, thank you. Awesome. I was really, I was really at one point. He, he got a ticket when he came in for a drink, yeah. and as he was, I was like, "Hey, go grab a beer, go grab a drink." And I was like, "Wait a second, are you 19?" <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "Oh God, we're shut down." <laughs> yeah, because of my beard and all that, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the first time I was ever asked if I was ever. <laughs> I had to be careful. Uh, part of this TEDx is it going to cost money to put on, or are people donating the space and all of the time? Right. So for to run this event, it's going to be basically. Um, based on part of general support of community sponsors. Mm -hmm. So this is a nonprofit event. We're not getting any money to do this. We're just volunteering our time. And we are the ones that are trying to look for different ways to collaborate and provide value to people through our sponsorship offering. So we're hoping to really provide value in exchange for value in as well. So we really would like to get in touch with people who would be interested in partnering with us to make this event possible. Awesome. Perfect. And can they find out how to get in touch with you like through the exact same way that you registered to be a part of the event? Um, yeah, actually, or they can just message me directly. Okay. You can find me on my Facebook page. And okay, cool. They, yeah, so we'll, message make, we'll make sure to tag you in it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Okay, cool. So what kind of things are you going to be looking for? Gifts in kind, maybe some like donations that way for raffle prizes while people are there, or are you guys more specifically looking for money? Yeah, so we're looking for both, a combination of both, actually. So in-kind gifts, we yeah. want to be able to have opportunities for our members to have some sort of way to be able to get some sort of guests from the event as well. Mm -hmm. That would be a really good opportunity for businesses to be able to put their brands out yeah. there. And we're also looking for monetary contributions as well because the event does cost a good amount of money but to it bring it about. Yeah. Yeah. So we're hoping to get that as well as for okay. programming, for the stage and all that type of stuff that yeah. goes with running. That's great. It'll be good promotion for people too to put their logos on there. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, the value type we're trying to give in exchange to that because we're in alignment with an international yeah. brand, Ted. We're actually going to be putting all of our sponsors on the website when we're going to be uploading our videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So whenever someone goes from around the world to watch a TEDx video. I'm just going to have to cut you off there. Yeah. We'll go back to it when we come back from break. Stick around, get a drink, and I'll see you after the break. you by Rogers Anyplace TV. Enjoy exclusive content for free. Visit RogersAnyplaceTV.com. Wednesday. I want you to have high nutrient, high protein foods. Food personality Teresa Albert serves up a garden fresh, healthy breakfast. That's really good. Breakfast at Rosehurst on Rogers TV. is a TV show that is meant to inspire. It's a little thicker batter. And I'm here with Sweet Occasions to take the intimidation out of baking and, and really simplify and help people to, you know, get their feet wet. I'm not afraid to make a mistake when I'm baking or have flour, you know, proof out of the mixer when I'm baking. Baking is meant to be fun and to be enjoyed.
Yogi, we're supposed to be at City Hall. We're gonna build it right here. Oh, yeah, sure. And give wetsuits to all the visitors? <laughs> no, on the water. Hey, come on, we're talking about building something the size of 64 city blocks. And there's no land left in Montreal. So, get serious. Listen, we'll build islands. How? Dig up Montreal? <laughs> <laughs> They're digging a subway, remember? You take it from there, and you put it here. 12 months and 25 million tons of fill later, St. Helens Island was reshaped and Ile Notre Dame was created. Come on, we don't want to keep Mayor Drapeau waiting, do we? Montreal's Expo 67. It would prove to be the most successful World's Fair of the 20th century. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed your break. Uh, unfortunately, I cut off Kobe. I forgot he wasn't going to be here after the break. He had to go elsewhere. Uh, we're going to be posting the TEDx WLU to our Facebook page. So next week, you can see all that, and you can register for all of that stuff. It's a pretty exciting event. Yeah. Um, today, in studio, we're joined by Matt Joniak of Fat Panda Studios and Clinton Ben of Caliber Metal Building Erectors. So thank you both for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, so we're going to jump right in. Matt? Fat Hello. Panda Studios. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Kermit the Frog impression. I like it. I like it. Do you want to say hi to your mom? Hi, mom. <laughs> I'm famous. <laughs> um, so how did you get started? Um, basically, um, through my schooling, I knew I wanted to start a video company. Mm -hmm. um, so I, well, I wanted to get into video, rather. And then I looked at the jobs and the availability and... Uh, I decided to uh, to make a go of it on my mm -hmm. own, and just decided to you know start networking and started my company as soon as I lost my or wrote my last uh, exam at McMaster University. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I think it's every teenager, male teenager's dream to become a video producer at some point. In I, I definitely grew up watching it. Michael Bay movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Michael Bay is your favorite director? Hands down. Hands down. Hands down. Yeah. 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 Like it. What is that uh, famous shot that you were showing me before, where it's like the down pan with the, the one that I was eating hamburger with? Yeah, yeah. All, all of his movies have this this like signature shot, and it just makes everything look so epic. It's basically the camera does like a low swoop around the subject, and there's lots of like it's a telephoto lens from a low angle, and there's always lots of movement like up and down in the shot as it's moving side to side, lots of parallax mm -hmm. and stuff, and it's just it, it makes everything look awesome. It's usually in slow motion too, so. Transformers, you see it a lot. Yeah, Bad Boys, also yeah. The Rock. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so where did the name Fat Panda come from? Um, there's no, there's no real big story yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, maybe I guess I just got sick of people body shaming pandas, so I thought I'd embrace <laughs> it. Right. I mean. I like it. God, I like it. It's solid. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you do a variety of work. Do you want to just talk a little bit about the spectrum that you deal with? Yeah. Um, we we produce videos for um, such a, a the diverse range of clients and that's what keeps my drive going is there's always variety in the work there's always something different um, we do everything from small business videos um, to not-for-profit messaging to even um, like videos for like multinational corporations mm -hmm. and uh, and publicly traded companies and stuff so um, just the, the the people I get to meet um, the different styles of, of work I get to do it's mm -hmm. it's awesome it's, I couldn't have asked for a, for a, a better uh, Crew choice. That's awesome. And recently, you actually had a uh, 
a video that you did uh, win, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, so we, um, well, my girlfriend, she works for, for Freightliner in sales, mm -hmm. and uh, there was an internal company competition. Um, so naturally, I, I shot, a, shot a video for it. It was mm -hmm. like a sales video, like a walk around for any yeah. kind of truck they have. And um, basically, we won the, the best sales video in Canada, so we yeah. got a trip to Amazing. California. That's Thank awesome, you. man. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. So you're down there, and you're going to be racing AMGs? Yeah, they're sending us to the AMG racing school. So. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> You need to put key man insurance on him. <laughs> <laughs> Cash in on this one. <laughs> That's cool, though. That's I mean, we always see different things uh, popping up on your Facebook page with all of the variety of work that you do. It's it's cool to see. You never know quite what you're gonna you're gonna be involved with next, and that's that's awesome to see. Yeah, it's been it's been great working with MNG as mm -hmm. well. I mean, there's like you know kind of working with the with developing the messaging for that. Mm -hmm. It's 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 been awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm really happy to be a part of it. Yeah, thank you. Have you gone back to some of your earlier videos to see how far oh, you come along? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, things have things have definitely improved. Yeah. <laughs> you did one for Ford. It was like a James Bond style shot, right? Yeah, that was that was like a, a fun video I did with with a buddy of mine who worked at one of the Ford dealers in town, and uh, we basically just did this fun short where James Bond got a Mustang instead of an Aston Martin. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool. That's, That's awesome. Yeah. So did you, did you ever give that to the dealership themselves? I think they actually had it playing in their lobby. This, this <laughs> was like five years ago that we did it. So yeah, I think That was that had, long ago? Yeah, yeah, wow. it was 2012, man. So, wow. Yeah. Was there anything that you wanted to say about some of the equipment that you used to, uh, to make your productions happen? Um, we use as, as many different um, tools at our disposal as possible to get to get a, a unique image and you know really mm -hmm. find a creative way to tell the story of our clients right uh, we use everything from like dslrs to even when the production calls for it we'll shoot on a red camera which is like a, a production cinema camera that shoots mm -hmm. in 6k so you know you have a 4k tv <laughs> this is a whole nother 2ks yeah. so <laughs> it's important <laughs> yeah um, we use we use all different kinds of uh, you know drones and gimbals and different uh, dolly track systems and stuff so yeah, it's pretty cool. You said you did a, you've done a lot of work for nonprofits, right? Yep. You've done a lot of charity. So, what are some of those organizations that you've worked with? Um, well, I've done work for the Brain Community Healthcare System, um, okay. particularly the foundation, um, and and the healthcare system itself. Um, I really um, a passion of mine is helping these organizations, you know, um, raise dollars, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so, the BCHS BCHS Foundation. Uh, we've done work for St. Leonard's. Um, covering different programs that they um, that they offer, you know, like you know, their uh, justice, employment, mental health, mm -hmm. addictions. Uh, we just wrapped up a project that will be debuting shortly with the Stedman Community Hospice, which is actually um, uh, a volunteer project that we took on. We um, basically donated our, all our time to create a whole series of videos about the Stedman wow. Hospice because they are entirely community funded. Yeah. Wow, that's really so, cool. The place is yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah and, it's, and it's a place that not many people know um, the scope of, of what they do, right? And it's really an important resource to our community. So, what what exactly do they do? I, I've heard their name a ton, but I don't know exactly understand what it is. Um, well, the hospice, like the hospice, they obviously provide like the, the residential hospice care, yeah. um, but they also provide like bereavement support. Uh, they have a day wellness program as well, which is huge because mm -hmm. um, you know they have obviously. Um, limited space in the hospice right yeah. but I mean for people they they do outreach programs it's it's really good oh that's amazing mm -hmm. so how did you get connected with them if you can tell me in less than a minute um, 
through, <laughs> just through a referral, <laughs> actually. Yeah, through, through a referral. Uh, Stacy uh, Ferrand at Sweet Bakery. Uh, oh, yeah. She referred me to the handbags for hospice committee, and then in turn I got connected with the hospice. And I just uh, they asked me if I would sponsor a video to play at the handbags event. And I said, well, you know, while we're filming, why don't we just do a, a, a small campaign for for the hospice? So that's really cool. Yeah, and that's opened more doors for you for other organizations as well, has it not? Yeah, yeah. I, it's yeah. definitely been a been a good connection. That's so. really cool. We have to get you to do something for Habitat for Humanity soon. Yeah, absolutely. Build some homes. We have lots of homes being built soon, so awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you killing time? <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. All right, yeah, I guess we are. Um, see you after the break. <laughs> Tuesday at 7, Chef D takes you from the farm to the table with delicious meals made from locally sourced ingredients. At Home with Chef D, Tuesdays at 7 on Rogers TV. Join me on Wednesdays for Lions TV Bingo at 8 p.m. Lots of fun, trivia, and much, much more on Rogers TV. After a night out with your friends, not having a plan for a safe ride home can leave you in a bad spot. You could end up riding in a police car, an ambulance, or a hearse. These unplanned modes of transportation can be a costly choice and do not take you home. Your plan could include a designated driver, a taxi, or public transit. Drink responsibly, choose your ride, and have a plan for a safe ride home. Visit ArriveAlive.org to find out more. My mother said we had to leave home. The communists were going to take my father away. If my parents were afraid, they didn't show us. But we would never forget our escape from Vietnam. We were lost. What was your job in Vietnam? University professor. We had no home. Do you have any family in Canada? No, sir. Nobody wanted us. Welcome to Canada. Canada chose us. Canadians opened their borders, their homes, and their hearts to more than 100,000 refugees fleeing persecution after the Vietnam War. We were home. Welcome back, everyone. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Clint, uh, we're going to talk about uh, caliber metal building erectors, yeah. CMB erectors. Um, how did you get into that industry? Uh, I ended up in the pre-end steel building industry out of, I guess, necessity for a job initially mm -hmm. when I was younger. Um, but as, and I wasn't even sure at the beginning that I'd stick with this job. It was quite difficult and. Mm -hmm didn't pay as well as you might think for what we had to do but as time went on in this job I realized that this is something that I was excelling at and was able to do it for a longer period of time than most people I noticed and 
I, I never really had a dream to be an iron worker, but once I started in the industry and I started completing projects and looking back on what I was accomplishing yeah. and started to realize that it was a bit of an elite trade. Like if you, mm -hmm. could, if you could learn to do this and possess this skill that you'd be one of the few people who could and that, that's what drove me to kind of stay in the industry. Right. And then years went by and one day I woke up and you know, <laughs> was a journeyman and did yeah. have all those skills and now I'm in, I, I love my industry, I love my job mm -hmm. and like looking back it's hard to imagine that I that there was a time when it was just a job to me and that mm -hmm. I was, could maybe take it or leave it. Right. Maybe even more leave it. Yeah. <laughs> and to look back now and think about that, it's, it's crazy to me. I don't, know, I don't know what else I would mm -hmm. do. So do you want to explain a little bit about what uh, pre-eng building, steel buildings? Sure, is? sure. So Caliber or CMB Erectors for ease um, specializes in the construction of new commercial pre-engineered steel buildings. So this is a steel building package that once engineered, complete, and delivered, and built is, is, is its own package. It doesn't require any extra trade work. It doesn't require nearly as many sub-trades as a conventional building style would. Mm -hmm. So for a client that's looking for a quick building at a price that is far more pleasing than a conventional build, this is the route that they typically would gotcha. go and especially if you're looking for large space with large spans such as warehousing um, arenas manufacturing facilities this is a very like economical and quick way to accomplish what you need gotcha. cool uh, what what led you to start your own company well what led me to start my own company and like reality the catalyst i suppose would be when the industry in alberta where i was living for the last five years prior to 2016, when the industry really ground to a halt over the oil prices dropping and the market slumping. So I kind of found myself at the tail end of a really good job mm -hmm. and realized that this, these jobs may not exist for the next several years uh, by the time there's an actual rebound, and that's if there's a rebound, right? So right. Alberta could take a complete shift and things could look very different. So I had to really stop and decide what I wanted to do this is where my skill set lies heavily and I didn't want to leave the industry but I no longer wanted to be in the position that I was facing in that moment which was giving 100% of yourself to a company to an owner and at the end of the day being left with nothing right. and so I thought to myself if this is the inevitability of this industry that it's so up and down then at least the next time that this happens to me, I want these decisions to be mine. Mm -hmm. I want to be in control of where I take the company and have the ability to move around, move around the country. And Because as we all know, work does tend to migrate through the country depending mm -hmm. on the political climate and depending on the markets and things like that and where some of the maybe the infrastructure money is being given by the government, this work tends to migrate. So with working for one company in one location you you're pretty stuck to that and you're stuck to living and dying by the decisions that they're making which may not necessarily suit <clears throat> your goals and your mm -hmm. aspirations so for me it was kind of a necessity I felt like I was maybe plateauing in my career a little bit mm -hmm. and I was quite young and had a lot further to go yeah, so I would assume that being in the trades it's a pretty competitive industry to be in what did your boss, how did he take it when you said that you were going to start your own company? Well, initially, I'd always talked about having my own company. I always felt that I saw things a little differently than some of the companies that I was working for. <coughs> Excuse me. And 
I always felt that I possessed the skills necessary once I had matured enough to maybe be an entrepreneur in, in the steel industry and run my own business. But I had an excellent job and I had no real reason to, to change that, to take an enormous risk for possibly no gain. But once that job was over, I decided I'd take that leap. And before I could tell that my boss was, no, I don't want to say like threatened by that idea, but I could see that he could see that it was, it was very possible for me, mm -hmm. that I was maybe one of those people who was going to be able to take that knowledge over the next few years that I would gain from working with them and go out and do it on my own. And in passing later on, since I've, he's become a, a, my number one industry mentor, wow. actually, is what ended up happening cool. at the end of it when yeah. things came full circle and he's decided to go a bit of a different direction with his career, so there's no competition there between us. And he's been one of my biggest supporters and ended up turning into my mentor. But to answer your question like properly, he, I don't think anyone really like takes it seriously when they're working for somebody else that this person might go out on their own. Mm -hmm. But he was, yeah, he wasn't pleased about that idea. There was definitely some chatter after I brought up that idea amongst other workers in the company that it had been brought up that I had said that yeah and so he didn't initially react well but at the end once he saw what I was doing with the company and really believes in my direction for the company he's been 100% my biggest That's supporter really cool. totally have you guys been able to he's still in the industry in some form right 100 yeah, have you guys totally. been able to collaborate at all totally you've yeah. gone back out west? absolutely I've gone back out west I've done several projects uh, for him he's been like I said been one of my biggest supporters and one of my biggest reasons that I've experienced such success like in my own opinion, like mm -hmm. in the last, so quickly in the last year, he's been definitely my biggest supporter and like has put forward a lot of projects to me that we've done together. We're just completing one right now. We have another one starting and we've oh, completed two previous. Yeah, both in Edmonton. Yeah. 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 So now we just got off kind of the topic of starting up your own business. And yeah. one, so one of the things that can be difficult is actually naming your company. Yeah. So where did the name... Well, caliber metal building erectors come from well for CMB. a long time when I was when I was toying with the idea of opening the company and whether I would or I wouldn't or what my plans were gonna be I set aside six months for myself to just kind of relax and figure out what it was I wanted to do whether I'd take a job or whether I'd open a company and part of that process of, of brainstorming everything was like what would you even what would you even call the company if, mm -hmm. if that's what you, the route you chose to go because I wanted to name it something strong <clears throat> excuse me but I'm gonna have to Stop you there. Keep everybody on a cliffhanger here. Uh, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to hear all about how he named his company. nutrient high protein foods food personality Teresa Albert serves up a garden fresh healthy breakfast that's really good breakfast at Rosehurst on Rogers TV We need to finish what we started. 
Did you accept money in exchange for sex? They're a bad dream. We have to go right now. It's perfect, isn't it? I love me too! pressure on the grabs as they await the American champs. Here's the Cleveland favorite nits now, and boy, do they look impressive. Look at their uniform. I bet you could sure run in smart shirts like those. Not that. Look, world champs in my eye. Grads, we don't play for glory. We play the game for the game's sake. So tonight, you're going to earn that title by playing your game. Teamwork, passing. Let's show them what it means to play the grads. champions for 25 years. The record of 502 wins and only 20 losses is unmatched in all of sport. Welcome back, everyone. So I'm sorry that I had to cut you off before going to break there. Um, so you were just telling us about how you, you named your yeah, company. Yeah, so how I arrived at the name for the company. Yeah. It, it, at the beginning, it seemed like an incredibly daunting thing. I didn't, and I and I sought out a few people and, and asked their opinions on on naming a company, and they gave me some pretty sound advice in regards to. I knew that I wanted my company's name to reflect my initials, so my mm -hmm. full name is Clinton Michael Ben. And at a certain point, one day I was just working and I on on some roof, and I realized that MB which is in my initials, fit with metal buildings. And I, <laughs> that was like my epiphany that moment. Yeah. <clears throat> and I decided, okay, okay, at least I not have that figured out, metal buildings or metal building erectors, but I need to figure out what that C is going to represent. And I was given some advice to maybe not necessarily just name your company after your initials and let it represent that. Let it have a name and let it be its own entity. Let it mm -hmm. become its own thing because we all kind of hope as entrepreneurs that maybe one day our business grows to be something bigger than, than just us. Right. Sure. And I didn't want to maybe handicap the business by just naming it after myself. That means, in my mind, maybe that's only as big as it can get. And the idea is that it can become a lot more than that. It's very wise. So yeah. I and, and this was some of the advice that I got from a few people that I you know, respect their opinion on things who have been in business previous. Yeah. And so I just sought out to try to figure out what would fit into that C category that would represent what I wanted the company to be thought of as. And one day again, I was just working away and, I, and Caliber just came into my mind. And then I put a lot more thought into that and Caliber being a, a way of measuring something or a unit of measurement and a precise unit of measurement. Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, that, that's really representative of what I'm trying to put across with right. this company. And so it, it fit with all the things, with the, the acronym, with what I wanted to represent, and, I, and it's a word that I think reflects well on the company that's yeah. always trying to put out precise, excellent work for the clients. That's really cool. Yeah. So at break, you guys were talking that you guys went to high school together. I didn't know this. Public school. Public, Public school. school. <laughs> Public school, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were in grade 7 and 8 together. The original Ryerson. Yeah, the original Ryerson. The original. Wow. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's something to be proud of. Hey. <laughs> yeah, then we walked into a, a millennial networking event 16 years later. Yeah, like, hey, we ran into oh, each other. I know yeah. that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he looks familiar. We're all a little taller now. now. Yeah, yeah. It really is. Yeah. Different schoolyard. 
No, it's a brewery. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a brewery. Yeah, yeah. No, it's kind of screw up. Yeah. No, but it was like super helpful to like enter into something like that. You know, maybe a little nervous going to a networking event with a young company that hasn't mm -hmm. necessarily experienced any success yet. You don't mm -hmm. have a whole lot to lean on. You're putting yourself out there yeah. pretty heavily when you walk out there. And so to see, you know, one or two faces, even just one face that you recognize as someone mm -hmm. that you can you could walk up to and, and say hello and now you've got yeah. your little partnership and now you can maybe start networking <laughs> together if yeah. that's something that like yeah. you know maybe you need at the beginning mm -hmm. and it's led to dozens and dozens of excellent contacts and friendships mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. events and all sorts cool. of different things absolutely so. so this is kind of our i'm going way off topic let's go let's go for it done with it okay it's kind of our halloween uh special we're not really halloween special but it's going to be aired around halloween mm -hmm. so why don't we tell us do you guys have a story any type of uh ghost story spirit story <laughs> Anything like that? I think I think you got the market cornered on that one, Matt. <laughs> I thought you told me something like that. No? no nobody wants to share, man. Everybody's scared. I'm you scared. Got well, first of all, this summer, yeah. I was working on a building in Stouffville, and <laughs> the, it's you try to you try to build the building based on the way the manufacturers stipulates that you should build the building. But there's as a journeyman, you have lots of options on on how you maybe want to build your building and what <clears throat> what directions you want to go in based on maybe weather and things that you're dealing with. So <clears throat> I tried to make some decisions as we're building the job. Okay, we're not going to do this because the weather's going to be bad for that, so we're going to do this. It didn't matter what decision I made this summer in regards to how I would build my buildings. The weather every single time, no matter what, threw the worst scenarios at me over and over and over again. And so it, I was starting to get quite upset and frustrated by it because I was trying my hardest to, yeah. to navigate this job as best I could and keep it on schedule. And so we're driving to work one morning, and one of the guys that drives with me looks at me and he says, you know, I think the only thing that really makes sense at this point in time is that we are perhaps building on an Indian burial ground right now. He's like, I think that's the only thing that would explain this kind of like seeming anger mm -hmm. from the weather. And so, sure enough, when we looked into it a little bit more, there's been other, he Googled it, there was other people in that area who have, like, said very similar wow. things. It wasn't weather-related. Mine mm -hmm. was weather-related. But there has been lots of stuff in that area where people said there's just unexplained things that just don't make sense in that area. And so that's the best I can do with a ghost story. It's, I don't know how much I necessarily believe it, but... Was it confirmed that there was an Indian burial ground, burial ground there? I don't know if there's an Indian burial ground there. Like, that was just my worker's opinion on what was going on. But there was definitely reports of, like, I don't want to be careful with this, paranormal activity type things in the area. <laughs> That's crazy. Not a big believer myself, but... Yeah. Well, you should come over to my house then. <laughs> a buddy of mine moved into a place uh, a few years ago. And some weird stuff would happen. Like, he'd wake up in the morning and, like his phone charger that was across the room would be neatly coiled up beside his pillow and everything like that. And On his pillow? Yeah, like like right next Done. to his pillow, yeah. Done. Yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. No more iPhone for me. Yeah. That's crazy. You need another one? I just thought of another yeah. one that I do remember. One time I dated this girl who had this, lived in an apartment. It's scary. for whatever reason, this to the toilet in the bathroom would flush. Like just completely randomly, not on a set time schedule, nothing, just completely randomly. And then we found out that someone committed suicide in there yeah. at one point, and now the toilet flushes like all the time, and it used to just completely give me the willies when that toilet would flush. <laughs> wow. like, it was the scariest thing. 
when oh, I was up north. So that's, some yeah, that's friends the of the family. They, they lived in this house that they actually bought off one of their friends. And uh, their kids would, you know, like, see a figure walking around in the night and stuff like that. And uh, eventually, I guess one of the kids saw the face of whatever was, was walking around. And um, they showed them pictures. And they actually picked out the mother of the friend that they bought the house off of. Creepy. Yeah, and she had passed away in the house, like, years and years ago. But, yeah, and then they would hear, like, people out in the kitchen making tea and stuff like that. Like, just they would hear it and... That sounds friendly, at least. Yeah, tea's yeah, friendly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. But still, it's, nice you know, when nobody's yeah. in the kitchen, you don't want to hear a pot or a tea kettle boiling when there's no water in it. That's creepy. All right, we're going to go to break. <laughs> While we're on break, maybe you guys want to comment your ghost stories that you have for us to read, and uh, maybe we'll read them out. Tuesday at 7, Chef D takes you from the farm to the table with delicious meals made from locally sourced ingredients. At Home with Chef D, Tuesdays at 7 on Rogers TV. Join me on Wednesdays for Lions TV Bingo at 8 p.m. Lots of fun, trivia, and much, much more on Rogers TV. Hello, I'm Liz Dowdswell, Lieutenant Governor of Ontario. In 2008, carbon monoxide, a deadly invisible gas, killed an entire family in our province. That tragedy led to a new law requiring homes with potential CO sources to have alarms. John Gignac's family members passed away that day and he shares his story to save others. Please make sure you have working CO alarms in your home. Protect your family today. Hi, I'm Ian Taylor, Director of Hockey Development with Ontario Minor Hockey. Today we look at the Saucer Pass. The Saucer Pass is a great skill to be used when an obstacle, such as a stick or a player, is on the ice taking away the passing lane. Let's take a look on how to master this skill. A difficult pass to master, the Saucer Pass requires the puck to fly through the air and then land flat on the ice. Puck starts on the heel of the blade with the face open. The puck is then rolled along the blade, spinning the puck so it stays flat in the air when it lands on the ice. Check out more Chop Talk episodes on Rogers TV and more drills and resources at omha.net. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Matt. And I'm Ben. <laughs> this is Stink Millennial. No more ghost stories. <laughs> no more ghost stories. I'm good without that. not sleeping tonight. Yeah, I'm not sleeping tonight. Um, <laughs> Angry Pollock, I like it. Is that what you're going out for Halloween as? Yeah. yeah. I carved a pumpkin the other night. Oh, right it was on. Angry Pollock. It was Pollock. amazing. <laughs> Thanks, man. It was amazing. <laughs> well, one quick before we jump into the next topic. What was your favorite Halloween costume that you ever, that you ever had? 
that I ever like wore, wore yeah. or ever saw wore. somebody wearing. Yeah. <laughs> this is a legit question. Did you not have a Halloween costume when you were growing up? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Jonah. Um. I went. I remember when I was a kid. I went like the the original Blues Brothers is one of my favorite mm -hmm. movies. Yeah. So I went out as um, one of the Blues Brothers for Halloween. I even had like the the briefcase like handcuffed to my hand and everything like That's that. Sweet. I was a little kid. And I think it was right around the time Men in Black came out. Yeah. So everyone thought I was like trying to be like Tommy Lee Jones or Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Like, no, I'm Juliet Jake. <laughs> am, I, am I the only one that liked Men in Black? Oh, it was great. Actually, I can rap that at karaoke. Oh, God. <laughs> I bet you can. Clint, how about you? Uh, I don't know. I guess, like, if I'm thinking about a Halloween memory, it would be a photo that's still, like, kicking around my house in, like, yeah. large form of when I, my mom dressed me up like a clown when I was three years old. <laughs> and I guess that's, like, my favorite because my, it was, like, my favorite to my mom. She, yeah. like, goes on and on about that story, like, all the time if it ever comes up. So yeah. I think that was definitely my favorite. Nice. Nice. Solid, solid answer. Both of you. Solid answers. <laughs> How about you, Matt? I don't know. Oh, that's fair. Vampire. That's fair. <laughs> Just want to know why you guys aren't wearing costumes on the Halloween special. Yeah, you well, messed up. We well. Yeah, I messed up. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm dressed up as I don't know. I don't know. You're Mr. always yeah. dressed up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but next we're gonna jump into to the important. <laughs> this is PJ. Gotta live it, man. Yeah, it's a commitment. Um, <laughs> uh, the importance of getting involved. Um, and I mean, over the last year, we've all been involved in tons of different <coughs> activities and with different organizations. Um, I think it's neat that everybody kind of is able to do their own special way of being involved, whether it's time, money, anything like that. Um, do you guys want to talk a little bit about that? Um, well, that's, uh, that's always something I've been a firm believer in, is, is being a strong community partner, is helping mm -hmm. out whatever way you can. I mean, um, I did that through, like, when I was part of the Polish Hall Executive, I and mean, I was a third-generation member. I, you know, served on the board for a few years, and I was uh, past president and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I did that way, and then, you know, starting my, my own business, I'm sure, as you guys all know, like, there's not always a whole, you're not really flush with cash all the time mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur, so... I couldn't really donate to a lot of causes, but I did donate my time to help right. them raise money. You know, whether it's like we got the mayor's gala this weekend, mm -hmm. um, so I did a video for Lansdowne Children's Center that's going to play in the lobby at the Golf and Country Club and hopefully cool. encourage some some donation that way. Mm -hmm. So it's always you know just do what you can and you know don't feel like just because you can't give a financial donation that you you know your time isn't valuable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean to give to a cause. Right. So. Mm -hmm. I guess like some of the the biggest things I've noticed in the last year. And I've learned a lot from being involved in the Millennial Network Group and watching some of the connections and things that have been made as you guys take on different projects and different events. And some of them that I've chosen to get involved in and even donate to or donate my time to. The one mm -hmm. thing that I've really noticed is like it's just an extension of your networking as well. If you're mm -hmm. thinking about it from a small business owner, entrepreneur perspective, you know, not only do you have your networking events, but the events that stem from those, like things like the community garden that you yeah. guys did. When that's all said and done, I ended up with having contact at City of Brantford and mm -hmm. you know other contacts at maybe some of the places we were getting some of the lumber supplied right. or some of the stone or these types of things. So those work directly to my industry. Mm -hmm. You know, there's may very well be a day that I need to call that same person, and luckily now they're on my contact list. So not only you're giving back to the community. Mm -hmm. You're gaining from that as a business owner, which is giving you the ability to then, again, give back. Yeah. And you're also tapped then for the next projects that some of these community leaders are taking on because mm -hmm. they know they can count on your help 
you know, most of the time or whenever you're able, whether it's financial, whether it's providing some video production or whether it's just providing mm -hmm. your pickup truck and two right. of your guys yeah. to carry some stuff that they just need put into the garden for the springtime. Mm -hmm. So you'll always be tapped for those next projects and that yeah. opens doors for you because each one involves different people and different things. You learn, you meet new people and it extends your relationships significantly. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something to be said for, you know, you and I, we work in pretty unique industries, you know what yeah. I mean? We target a very special, specialized market. Well, I guess, you know, everyone can benefit from, from, I guess, you know, both of what we do, but, you know, we work in unique industries and the fact that, you know, people in unique industries like that can benefit from just plain old charity work and networking. Yeah, stuff. totally. There's something to be said to, about the, the, you know, the importance of it. So. Well, and at the end of the day also too, what, before I owned a business, I wasn't uh, sponsoring anything or like mm -hmm. making, uh, I wasn't taking on charity events or like anything like this. But once I did, there's, a, there's so much value in it beyond the money. Maybe that seems like cliche, but for someone mm -hmm. who had never done those types of things before, never been asked to sponsor something, yeah. when you do, the, the money and those types of things feels somewhat irrelevant. To, you feel proud of that. I feel mm -hmm. proud of mm -hmm. having the ability and being in the position that I can do those kinds of things. And yeah. that's one thing that I've really, really enjoyed about owning a business that I hadn't considered as a a reward of owning a business. That wasn't mm -hmm. something I initially thought of when I started a business. Like, who will I be able to help? Yeah. And it's it's an incredible feeling too mm -hmm. to be able to do some of those things. Mm -hmm. It's been probably one of the more exciting things for me from the network group was exactly that. The first time that we were able to do something like that and fill all those backpacks for the kids at Nova Vita, yeah. I was hooked right away. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> right. What are we going to do next month? Yeah. Let's do it. It's October. Okay, yeah. Yeah. we're on it. Like, yeah. how many socks can we? It was like competitive. Like, how many socks can we donate? How many mittens can we donate? It's been super, super rewarding to do something mm -hmm. like that. The money isn't... Doesn't yeah, that, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't really factor in, like, except for what you're giving. Like, that is just, like, yeah. that, that matters, what you're raising incredible. and what you're getting. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's a different feeling than having a, a project or, or a personal goal or a personal aspiration. It's not for you. It's bigger than you. Yeah. It's, it's, yep. it's all these people coming together with their own yeah. aspect, their own little piece of it to create something that just didn't even exist before mm -hmm. if it wasn't the brainchild of these eight people who then went out and got all the rest of the support and then put together this yeah. great campaign or a great garden or right. donations or yeah. you know all these events where we raise money for all these different charity organizations mm -hmm. like it's good to, it's nice to be a part of something mm -hmm. like that yeah, it's it feels great to be able to give back to people or somebody who doesn't necessarily have the ability to do it for you and you don't need to take credit for it. Well, and you don't, you don't. You don't. No, that's, that's kind of the best part, like even when it comes to getting signage or these types of things when you become a sponsor, the one thing that I noticed is that sometimes that's actually not super important to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd rather just kind of quietly stand in the shadow and just watch the thing that I donated be given to somebody and mm -hmm. them that's not amazing. even necessarily know where it came yeah. from. Yeah. And with that, we're going to be right back and I'll see you after the break. nutrient high protein foods food personality teresa albert serves up a garden fresh healthy breakfast that's really good breakfast at rosehurst on rogers tv 
Ringers vs. Regulars is back for another season of 8-Ball Action. It's your chance to watch as Scotch Doubles teams from around the region compete to win bragging rights for the pub or pool hall that they call home. You'll meet the characters that make up our local pool scene and get to check out some amazing tips and tricks. That's Ringers vs. Regulars, Thursday nights at 8 on Rogers TV. The world's most famous Canadian, Grey Owl, just back from a triumphant British tour, is to be a reluctant guest at a gathering of First Nations. Archie, you may not realize this, but right now you are the most famous Red Indian in the world. These are your people. You have to be there. Come on, Harold. Let's go. Sure, I'm sure. His name is Archie Bellini. And if he's a Red Indian, I'm the king of China. It is an honor to meet the man called Grey Owl, who has brought much respect for our people. Imposter, rascal, dreamer. <laughs> and yet the Englishman who called himself Grey Owl <laughs> awoke the whole world to our vanishing wilderness. My brother says, men become what they dream. You have dreamed well. Welcome back, everyone. So <laughs> we have uh, a few short minutes before we, we wrap things up. How are we going to be finding you guys? If we want to do some production work or if I want to build a massive structure, how do I find you guys? All right, I'll go first. Um, <laughs> we're on Calibers on uh, Instagram and has a, its own Facebook page as well, mm -hmm. uh, updated fairly regularly with photos of buildings and current yeah. projects, so that's yeah. something that might interest you. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find us at www.cmderectors.com and there you'll find a link to directly email me or mm -hmm. on Facebook or Instagram. You can find my contact information as well. Awesome, and that's one thing that I found really cool about, because typically you wouldn't see somebody in your business putting out those kind of images that you put out there. Yeah. I, find, I look forward to seeing that when you said that you were going off to Alberta, like seeing yeah. that, and then seeing the work that you were doing, and then seeing that you were coming back. It was neat to kind of see that, that full process take shape. It's not something that you really think about. but Yeah, and recently cool we've been time-lapsing um, the, our last two projects. We've yeah. been experimenting with time-lapsing and <laughs> trying to find the locations and the spots to put the cameras that make the most sense, that show the most of the project right. and stuff. So we're really trying to, and that's part of the, what I want out of my business is a different outlook than previous companies that right. I worked for and bring this into the millennial age. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, and that's maybe how you you'll do that. find the ghosts with that camera yeah, as well. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> is it a thermal camera? <laughs> no, no, not yet, not yet. How do we find Fat Panda Studios, Matt? Um, you can find me online, uh, fatpandastudios.ca. Yeah. Uh, we're launching a new website soon, which we're super excited about. Nice. Um, we're also on Facebook, um, Fat Panda Studios on there, um, Instagram as well. Yeah. Uh, we've got a pretty good Instagram presence. It's mostly Sweet. just just uh, behind the scenes pictures and also pictures of funky socks yeah. but you know <laughs> yeah I love your socks today man thank you they're sweet I was, I was actually I was going to save these for the Easter episode of Think Millennial but you're <laughs> early early. Gone. Oh, oh, I like it we'll, we'll bring you back for that one just yeah. for your socks yeah. you got some funky socks I got some socks green too. ones but yeah how yeah. from scale of 1 to 10 how difficult has it been for you to not make jokes about the name of his company Specifically, for those of, erecting buildings. For those that know me, they know how painful it's been. <laughs> it's been very hard for me. I've too. been biting my tongue so hard it's almost <laughs> bleeding. <laughs> I, I noticed a little bit there. 
get you a napkin. <laughs> um, I, well, I want to go to the story about this ghost because I want to make him squirm a little bit. <laughs> um, so I don't think I told you, Clint. This one time we were we were sleeping. We're at this apartment, right? And we were. It's a big old house that has four different tenants that live in yep. there, all separate locations to get in. And we were told uh, that there was a nun that that lives there. There's a ghost there. And we were like, whatever. Like the other tenant. It's, an, it's whatever. Yeah, she called actually the other tenant. We're like, we talking about there's only four of us. Um, and we were told like she's not going to be so happy about us, you know, living together, and not being married. So we're like, whatever. It's nothing. Well, I'm about to go away for work, and about 1.30 in the morning, we get woken up. This light reflecting in the hallway, this really, really, really bright light, it dims down. It goes really, really, really bright and dims down. It went on for probably 30 seconds. All of a sudden, we hear a noise in the hallway. My dog just loses it. Goes running into the hallway. He's barking, growling. She comes running back. Yeah, I know. I hate this stuff, man. She goes running back to the bed, then goes back to the hallways, barking, growling, comes back does it again, trying to get my attention, then she lays down next to me on the bed. It's all quiet. We hear another noise. Dog takes off down the stairs. And I think you've been around my dog. She listens yeah, to me yeah, really yeah. Well. When I call her, she comes. <laughs> backhand you and warm these knuckles. Uh, she's not coming. Not. I keep calling her, I keep calling her, nothing. Eventually she comes up all on her own, her ears are back, and she lays down on the, on the bed, or on her bed. Sarah's like, you know, I, I want to, I'd feel more comfortable if we just sleep with the lights on. So we end up, all right, we'll do that. So I'm lying down, lights are on, we're about to go to sleep, and it's been like maybe a minute. All of a sudden, this feeling hits me, this nasty, dark feeling. Something's at the end of that bed, does not want me here, does not want me in this, at all in this apartment. Just, I felt so evil. My dog lifts her head, looking where I'm looking, and starts tilting her head. At no point did I say anything. <laughs> To give her the the feeling that I, I that I was talking, or I right. saw something there. I didn't gesture, nothing, didn't move, and she starts tilting her head as if something is talking to her. Maybe it was the nun from the Blues Brothers. Well, I found out apparently <laughs> the mirror stick. I found out apparently this. Her name is Sister Noel, and she fell down on the basement stairs from like the outside basement stairs, and it died there. And she was the, she in, like, living there. in the nunnery. And she's, like, not happy with people being there. The first guy that lived in this house, he still lives there now, she was, like, pulling on his sheets and, like, knocking things off his shelves and waking him up in the middle of the night for, like, a couple of years. This is so, he must have been a bigger center than you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so with contact. that, you're is not it, sleeping tonight. Is this and a good time to tell you I'm, like, two-thirds of the way through The Shining? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we'll see you next week. Enjoy the music from Rachel Sanko. <laughs>
Call the Rogers TV viewer response line, email us, or connect with us on social media. 